Hi, this is Shara, and this is the Just Nurse Things podcast. This is a show where we talk about all things nursing, including going through nursing school, prepping for the NCLEX, becoming a nurse, and what it's like being a nurse right now and more. We're also going to talk about health and wellness, the lifestyle as a nurse, and how we can continue to learn more about ourselves each and every day. Hey guys, happy Tuesday. I'm probably going to make this episode a two-part episode like last time, just because, you know, why not? It's my podcast, so I can. In today's podcast episode, I wanted to talk about actually becoming a nurse, going through the motions of actually starting. So I got, let's see, I graduated in May. I don't remember the date, but I graduated in May. Within about two weeks after graduation, I started studying for the NCLEX and I took the NCLEX in June. I think it was the middle of June. And then it was so funny because I took the NCLEX, took all questions, whatever. And then literally the next day I went to Arizona for vacation with my family for like two weeks. And And I remember I paid like the $5 or whatever to actually look and see what my results were for the NCLEX early. So I had to wait like, I think it was a full three, two or three days. I don't remember, but I was in agony for those two or three days, as I'm sure you can imagine. And I remember getting that notification sitting in my kitchen. I just started bawling my eyes out because I could not believe that I actually had passed the test. I really thought I failed and I you know, my parents hugged me. It was a really nice moment for us. And I was like, oh my God, mom, I I passed the first time, you know? And I mean, taking the test is expensive. So like the worst comes to worst is you would have to pay for the test again. But I think you have to wait at least a month or maybe a couple of months before you can actually take the test again. So that's what I was mostly concerned about. But I passed the first try. This is not me bragging. This is me still being surprised. And I went on from there. I ended up getting a few job offers. I was between two different positions and then I got a final call about the second position that I ended up going for and it was a day-night shift which I knew at the time but you know I didn't know at the time that you couldn't just like reason with them and that paperwork really does matter um, because on paper I'm day-night but in person we talked about me being day shift so I know that now, didn't know it at the time. Unfortunately, the manager that we have now ended up leaving about one or two months after I started working, so that was kind of a shame. But anyway, um, so I got the job. I was really excited about it, and I tried to start in August, but I guess they didn't have enough preceptors for August, so then they said, you know what? Enjoy your summer um, because you probably won't get another family trip summer again, and we'll see you in September. So then I my start date was September 13th. I had, I think, like two to three weeks of class basically it wasn't you didn't work every single day it was still three day three to four days a week and I think they were eight hour days instead of 12 honestly it feels like such a blur but we had our days where we'd go in and just learn how to you know do injections things we're expected to know kind of a review like an intense review on what you learned like your senior year of nursing in college is how I would describe it like the proper ways to go about things using an IV pump following policies where to find policies how to use policy tech how to use epic things like that how to follow orders so how to draw up medications based on orders and what they mean how to dilute medications based on orders things like that and then of course we talked about you know 
what to do outside of work to help you deal with anxiety, which at that point I was just so excited about the fact that I got a job right out of school. I didn't even really care about, you know, the future of anxiety that I was going to have, which looking back now, I'm like, wow, I kind of feel really naive. But at the same time, you know, I'm happy I had a good outlook going in because I think the transition would have been a lot harder had I had not had that outlook. So my orientation actually ended up being longer than other people's because I kind of had a not really a come to Jesus moment, but what ended up happening was I was with my preceptor for a few weeks. She's great and she really did help me learn like the basics. The issue was for my learning style is she was doing a lot of things behind the scenes that I didn't know she was doing like paperwork wise, task wise. And then when I was by myself for a period of time, I was struggling with time management. So one of my managers ended up saying, you know what, let's see how you do with me for a day and let's see if I can help. And during that day, it just happened. It just so happened that there was a whole day of stuff I had never done before. And I was already nine weeks in to my job, which at that point you're expected to know all these things. Like I didn't know how to set up a Zoll, which is um, a defibrillator, and we use it for not only emergency situations, like when we call rapids, but we also use it if a patient is on continuous telemetry and pulse ox, in other words, cardiac monitoring and oxygen saturation monitoring. And when a patient has to go to another place in the hospital, if they're on those monitoring systems, they have to be put on a Zole and then the nurse has to transport with them to wherever they're going because they're considered a higher risk patient. So I didn't even know how to set that up. I didn't know how to turn it on. I didn't know how to put it on the patient. Yes, we learned it in orientation, but I didn't learn how to put it on a patient orientation. I just learned how to like kind of turn it on. I don't know. I'm, I'm a hands-on learner and a visual learner. So if I'm not physically doing it with my own hands, chances are I'm not going to remember anything about it or how to do it. So it ended up being a really frustrating and upsetting point for me because I just felt so inadequate during that day. And I remember, I think that's honestly one of my most traumatic days. Like I still, when I'm having a really tough day or I'm really struggling with time management or I'm just really anxious, I always think of that day and it takes me back to that very day. Even though I'm not even close to the same nurse, the same person um, as that day, I still have like a trauma response for that. Don't worry, guys, I'm in therapy, so it's fine. But um, it's definitely a trauma for me and I tear up sometimes just thinking about it. Although like right now I'm, I'm feeling more confident in myself so I don't really have that issue anymore. I also didn't know how to hang blood, which technically you on our unit we have two nurses that hang blood together because you want to verify the blood, you want to make sure it's the right type, you want to verify the MRN number with the patient, make sure it matches their chart, make sure the birthdays are correct, and then you do a dual sign-off. I didn't know anything about heparin drips. I didn't know anything about peritoneal dialysis. I didn't know anything about like certain medications even and how they're supposed to be given. Although now I know a lot better that, you know, your order set will tell you. And if you don't have an order set, you can always ask your provider for one. And if they get irritated with you, listen, your license, that was hard to get. You're going to keep it. Okay. (laughs) You kind of have to look at things like that. And that's how I look at things now. But at the time I was so insecure and I was so, I just felt so inadequate to be in that position that I just honestly immediately wanted to quit. I ended up talking to my managers and actually breaking down crying in their office saying like, I'm really sorry. I just don't think I'm meant for this job. And, you know, they were really helpful and they they basically said to me, you know what, why don't we try you on the night shift for a couple of weeks, let you build some skills and let's see if that kind of slows down. Just because the night shift tends to be a lot slower. Not that it's not as hard, it's just a slower pace most of the time. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll try that because at that point, 
I wasn't eating, I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't resting when I got home, and I was in a constant fight or flight mode. I was in such a deep, dark place in September. I can't even tell you. Like, my parents were really worried about me, and my health and well-being was really on the line at that point. So I ended up doing the night shift for, I think, a month, essentially. And I had an excellent preceptor. She is one of my favorite nurses I have ever met. She's an amazing woman. And she's just, she's soft-spoken, but aggressive enough. I don't know how else to put it. Um, She's just very straightforward, very factual, you know, but she's sweet when she needs to be. And she's just probably one of the best examples of just a strong, independent woman and a mother. I don't know how else to describe her, but anyway, I kind of felt like her little duckling at that point, and she taught me so much more than I learned on the day shift. I kind of wish, at least for our unit, they would start everyone on the night shift for a good one to two months and then put you on the day shift because the night shift allowed me to learn my skills and perfect my skills, and then I was able to do things at a faster pace for the day shift. I feel like the day shift, you can't learn new skills, at least on our unit, like I said. You can't learn new skills because there isn't time to learn new things, really. You kind of just have to know things and just do them as fast as possible and as accurate as possible. Whereas on the night shift, you you know, there's periods of time when there's not much going on. Like usually between two and four in the morning, there's kind of a good chunk of time where most of the time people are sleeping, medications aren't needed, you know, everybody's kind of quiet. So you have time to do some research, to look at policies, to do things like that if you, you know, you want to. So it's the perfect time to learn new things and learn where things are and to have a better understanding of your job and like where to locate things and how to go about policies. Like, so, because during the day, it's just so hectic sometimes that there you can't you can ask for help. I'm not saying you can't. It's just really hard to find somebody who's available to help you when you need it the most. So I learned a lot of my skills during night shift and I know a lot of nurses who are now coming onto our unit, new nurses, new grads, they have been learning a lot more during night shift and I've been checking in on them, asking them how they are and they're like, you know, I really wish we started with the night shift because the day shift is just, it's so hard to catch up if you don't know what you're doing. So I'm definitely going to bring that up to my managers at some point just to help out the future nurses that end up coming in because it can be really discouraging when you feel so inadequate in your job and so incompetent and then you're trying to keep up with everything and do the best that you possibly can. It just feels like you're chasing a train that's constantly speeding up and you just can never get on track. So that was definitely a huge struggle for me. I heard somewhere that it takes about six months for you to feel comfortable as a nurse and that's just comfortable, not perfect, not confident, comfortable. And I definitely think that is 100% true because at around the five month mark, I felt so much more comfortable in my skin and in my profession that I was like, okay, now I can perfect it. So I'm not saying I'm perfect and that's not why I say perfect it. What I mean is get better at my skills. I am so much better at my skills now than even like three or four months ago because you just, you kind of 
learn your own pace. You you learn how to time manage. You learn how your brain works in that situation. I've come to the terms with the fact that my brain tends to work very differently from other people, and I tend to have trouble focusing sometimes, so it's really nice when you finally figure out what your learning style is. Alrighty, so this is the second half of this podcast episode. I first want to apologize for the noise. I know it's probably going to be a little off. I changed places in my house, um, because I have now decided that I actually want to do a visual version as well of my podcast. So you're probably hearing the air conditioning setting in. I think it's like in the 70s today. Honestly, I don't really know. I haven't been outside. It is beautiful outside though, Um, but I just wanted to let you know. Uh, So if you go ahead and you go to Just Nurse Things Podcast on YouTube, you will also be able to find a visual version of me as well. Um, I'm actually filming halfway through this podcast because I can. I don't know. I'm being silly, I guess. Anyway, just wanted to let you guys know. Let me take a quick sip of my coffee. I'm using a Halloween mug today because I can. Uh, My sister got me that mug at TJ Maxx for my birthday. My birthday's in October. For you October babies out there, I see you. And... I don't know about you. I'm obsessed with Halloween, my favorite holiday by far. So uh, I love to use a uh, Halloween mug whenever I can. Anyway, long story short, let's get into the next half of this podcast episode. Since we were already on the topic about like being a new nurse, whatever, um, I did re-listen to the first half just so you know, this episode is going to be a little bit cringy and all over the place, so I'm sorry. But anyway, so why don't we talk about graduation? Why don't we go through some graduation photos? Because I feel like I, I don't know, I kind of popped off with them, in my opinion. Um, first thing is what I did was, a f- I think a month before graduation, I actually ended up doing like a photo shoot with one of my friends. Um, so I'm trying to find them right now. Let's see if I can find them. If you're on the visual side here, I will give you some visuals. I'll put some photos here. Um, These are some of my favorite photos that I have of myself. And before anybody asks any questions, yes, I did my own grad cap and I did my friend's grad caps as well. I don't think I... Oh, I'll have to show a picture of my other friend's grad caps as well. I'll include those as well. Yeah, I have a Cricut. Uh, which is a cutting machine. It can cut vinyl. It can cut... Honestly, the one I have, it can cut basically thin plastic. So I can make shrinky dinks with them too, which I also did for a while. And I will be bringing that back because I think it's so fun. But I did make my uh, grad cap and it says, I could say nursing school was tear-free, but that would be AFib. And then I put a picture of AFib on it because I'm hilarious, okay? I also went to Michael's and I bought like pearls to put on my grad cap. I got succulents to put on my grad cap because I love succulents. I mean, if we're being honest here, like I had all the colors together, totally, with my uh, Tiffany blue stethoscope. And then I basically matched my stethoscope without even realizing that I did. I even used holographic vinyl. I even, my nails even matched. Dude, I had it together. I still wish I had it that together because that would be great, but it came out really, really nice. And we were able to take pictures with daffodils because it was absolutely gorgeous outside. So it was a really fun time. I even wore like stilettos and yeah, I was all cute and whatnot. I was cute. Feels like that was a really long time ago, but it really wasn't that long ago and I don't feel cute anymore. I'm just kidding. 
Anyways, so graduation. Yeah. Oh, I did find the pictures of my other graduation caps. Okay, I have them. Or not mine, but my friends. Uh, one of my friends, she ended up being a social worker, graduated with social work. And then the other one, she graduated as... Uh, I Honestly, I don't remember. And I feel really bad for not remembering. I want to say it was liberal arts or whatever the equivalent would be um but hers was it came out really good and i did it in a really short period of time because she decided she wanted it last minute but you know it's fine i i really wanted to do it for my friends and they came out really good so that's what matters i didn't get to decorate my graduation cap in high school technically i did but i used like walmart stickers i don't even have a picture of that because it wasn't worth taking a picture of and i remember because of the school i was going to it was by the ocean so what i did was i said see you later it was the dumbest thing the dumbest idea i ever had and i'm kind of mad that i still had that idea for my sister's graduation if she lets me decorate her cap or help her out with that we're gonna come up with something cute it's gonna be cute it's gonna be good. But yeah, I have some cute pictures with my friends. For their privacy purposes, I'm not gonna post them. But my, so one of the cool things about graduation and being a nurse is a lot of places still do what's called the nurse pinning. So as a new nurse, <clears throat> excuse me, as a grad nurse, you get a nurse pin. And my school that I went to was a Catholic school. So we did like, they have like this mercy pin. I can show a picture of it. It's really cute. Anyway, but, uh, basically the point of the pin is you're supposed to get pinned by another nurse my mom was a nurse so it was a really cute little thing that we did she pinned me and it was it's an honor is really the purpose of it and i i used my pin the pin was expensive first of all it was like 80 dollars for like the tiniest pin in the world it's good quality and i will keep it forever because i truly mean what's in the pin it says mercy and it has like the red cross on it purpose of the pin is to basically represent the nurses before you and you pursuing a career as a nurse and caring for others and it's it's really goes back to the genuine idea of being a nurse back to you know the og nurse do you guys remember her name you should because she was an OG. She was the first person to figure out that maybe washing your hands was a good idea. Interesting how a woman figured that one out. Let's not get into that. Anyway, yeah, I even made my own mask for graduation and then I made it on the newspaper. Yeah, it said, because uh, we had to wear masks for our graduation. I, we were the first class that ever had to because of COVID. And it said, yes, I graduated. And I did sell them for a period of time. I only sold like two of them, which that's fine. I just, you know, I was like, oh, I came up with a design. Let me try to sell it. Honestly, anything you can do to make money in college, right? So um, I made those masks and I made it on the newspaper, which I thought was pretty cool. Whatever. I'll show a picture. Um, I looked really cute. I did my hair. We looked good. Anyway, and they did this whole cute ceremony. They blessed us. They did blessing of the hands, which is like, um, it's blessing your hands so that way you can go forth and carry out the merciful act of nursing. It's a really cute thing. You could read up on it. I think I'll, I think I made an Instagram post actually about it. Why don't I just read that? Let's save everybody some time. Let me find it really quick. Anyway, so I actually put a little bit of history in my Instagram post so I can go ahead and read it to y'all. Uh, the pinning of nursing students dates back to the 1860s when Florence Nightingale, the OG, you know her name, uh, was awarded the Red Cross of St. George in recognition for her service to those who were injured during the Crimean War. If I said that wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, to share the honor and recognition, Florence Nightingale presented a medal of excellence to her graduating nurses. This goes back to when nursing school wasn't even a thing. People didn't have to go to school for nursing people. They started making nursing school in hospitals. There were more programs. And then you had to have an associate's degree and now you have to have a bachelor's degree most places so that's how that sort of thing works 
This tradition continues today, affirming the extraordinary courage, compassion, commitment, and spirit that nursing students are called to manifest throughout their nursing profession. The blessing of the hands is also done in recognition of the sacred and healing work that nurses will be doing for those who have been entrusted in their care. And then I went into my post. I'm not going to go too personal into it because my mom is a doctor. She does have patients and, you know, conflict of interest don't want to do that anyway basically I was saying I was greatly honored that I was being pinned by my mom who was so she went from being a school counselor actually no not even that she went from being this is crazy a cheerleading coach at a high school and a high school teacher right then she became a counselor at a school a school counselor then she became a nurse and then she did like a bridge program I'm still a little confused about the whole situation but basically my understanding is for most people once you get a bachelor's degree or maybe it's it's either a bachelor's or a, or a master's degree you're gonna have to ask somebody else who did it because I just went from high school so I don't fully know about this and all programs are different but my mom she went from her she had a master's degree or a bachelor's degree right and then she did a bridge program and became an RN and then so she doesn't have a bachelor's in nursing she has a master's I believe in education because she was a teacher um, and a counselor so she has a master's in education basically you could have a master's in anything really because you've attained that second degree technically third and then you can go from there and then she became an APRN which is an advanced practiced registered nurse is what APRN means and then which is after RN and then she became a DNP which is a doctor of nursing practice then she ended up getting a psych specialty degree so now she is a PMHNP yeah She's got a lot of initials after her name now. Let's just let's just say that. But she is now a, and this is what I want to do eventually, a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner is what PMHMP stands for. So that's what she is now. And she's got her own thing going on. She's a queen. And she now is able to do a lot more of what she wanted to do in the first place. So she she's come a long way, ladies and gents. She's come a long, long way. And I'm really proud of her. So to be pinned by my mom I cried it was the coolest thing in the world because you know my mom and I have been through so much we won't get into it just because it's too personal but we've been through a lot my family has been through a lot even my sister has been through so much and the fact that my mom was able to and I literally say rise from the ashes essentially um we call her a phoenix because she has risen from the ashes if you knew her full story we're gonna make a book at some point we've already talked about it it's just a matter of time and actually making it happen so we will make a book it's gonna be a three-part series um and I already came up with the idea and it's it's going to happen and it's going to be so good once I finally step forward more in my career and do what I want to do. So we're going to do that. And then, yeah, so she was able to pin me and it was really cute. I'll put some pictures here. It was just, it was really nice. And I actually wear the pin now. I put it on my badge at work because I don't want it to like fall off. So and the pin was actually a really good quality pin so which is nice so I put it on my badge at work and I wear it and a lot of people ask me what it means and I tell them what the meaning behind it is and they think it's really sweet so if you're Christian or Catholic you'll probably have more of an appreciation for it I have an appreciation for it as a Christian but also as a nurse because it, it helps to remind me like what nursing is because now with technology and with everything that's going on right now especially the Redonda Vaught situation and all those sorts of things it's really hard to remember what nursing is really about you know we're kind of in that boat right now where we're just really struggling and I want a little I want to say let me put my phone on silent since it's making so much noise my god a little shout out to the new nurses coming in this podcast is basically my my audience that I want to reach the most is new nurses 
graduating nurses, nursing students, those who are thinking about going into nursing, regardless of your age. This is mainly for that population, not for I mean, it's also for nurses as well. But the reason why I wanted to make this podcast was because nobody really talks about nursing ever because people are afraid to. It's hard to talk about. And I don't know. I am just so passionate about what I do. Not even necessarily. I mean, I am passionate about my job that I have right now. I am because it's about patient care. And I'm so passionate about patient care and what should properly be done. Because the way that I've always thought about it is that could be my mom. That could be my dad. That could be my grandparents. That could be my sister. What would you do if they were in that bed and they were the one being treated? That's how I try to think about it, even when a patient is really frustrating or the situation in general is frustrating. It's not even the patient's fault or if you're so burnt out. When I tell you I'm burnt out, I have been burnt out for months. Okay, I was burnt out three months going in and that's how most nurses right now are just because of the way the pandemic has changed the nursing profession. Everything has changed so quickly. I mean, I've only been in my current job position for eight months now. I started in September and I remember having a conversation with some of the other floor nurses at one point during change of shift. I had already gotten a report and I was kind of just getting my bearings together, getting myself settled. And they were saying to me how they felt so bad for me as a new nurse coming into nursing the way that it was. And I said, why? Because I don't know nursing any other way. I know it as I see it. And how I'm experiencing it. And they said the way the nursing profession is right now is nothing like it was when we started. And they've been at that current place now for five to seven years, which is a long time. So they've seen it evolve. They've seen before COVID. I mean, I don't even know what most of these people look like. And that was a realization I made the other day because of just wearing the masks. I mean, I don't even, I don't, I met these people with masks on. So I don't even know what they really look like. I haven't fully made a connection. I feel like one of the biggest things about making a connection with another human being is to actually know what they look like, make eye contact with them, know their mannerisms. Like there's so much to get to know about a person just by their face. And the fact that we don't even get to see that right now anymore. And I don't think in nursing, I don't think it's ever going to change. I think COVID has changed it forever. I don't think we're ever going to have a time where we don't wear masks. To be honest, I kind of like the mask because sometimes patients will come Come in and I'm sorry, you coughing everywhere? No, thank you. I don't want any of your phlegm on me, okay? You know for a fact, I go home and I strip. I'm not that clothes. I don't want it anywhere near my family. I don't want it anywhere near my cats. My cats are my pride and joy. I don't want it anywhere near anything because of how gross it is. I try to do laundry as soon as I possibly can. And usually I don't have enough laundry to do a load, but I really do try to do laundry as soon as possible because just knowing things in the hospital, everything that's touched, everything that's done grosses me out. So anyway, kind of went on a little bit of a rant there and now I'm starting to lose my train of thought. But (laughs) anyways, so yeah, nursing now is just so different. And when people say they feel bad for me, I appreciate that. But at the same time, it's like, I never knew any different. Like my class, we ended up having COVID kind of a quarter way through college. So half, second half of my junior year, and then most of my senior year was online. Actually, the second half of my junior year was online. So I I didn't get a pediatric clinical that was all online. It was a video game. It was a simulation. So honestly, I don't know very much about pediatrics, which I thought I wanted to go into. And I'm happy I didn't because I really didn't have a good understanding of anything, if we're being honest. And then, I mean, I could have learned otherwise, but still, I kind of realized through the simulation I wasn't really going to like it because it's really, in my opinion, it's more about interacting with the parents, not really the patient. And I don't I don't like that disconnect. You end up actually having more than one patient because it's three. It's 
usually it's the child it's the mom and it's the dad so or whoever the caretakers are so it 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 didn't work for me I thought about labor and delivery loved my clinical so much I that's probably some of the best memories from nursing school because of how much I learned I saw a live birth I saw a c-section I was able to bathe a baby and it was a preemie and everyone was so scared to bathe it and I was like say less here I am I'll do it because I love babies I'm one of those, okay? I mean, babies still gross me out sometimes, like the coughing all over, the spitting up all over, but I feel like now I'm definitely not as grossed out by it just because of the trauma of being a nurse. Like, you see things you never wanted to see, but now things don't phase you anymore, which could be a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. I still, knock on wood, have not had to put a catheter in a male yet. I've only done females. So I am thankful for that because hopefully I'll never have to do that. I do know how to if I need to. And honestly, it's it's easier than a female. So if, if you do females first and then males, you're probably better off anyway. But just what could occur if you catch my drift, I don't know if I would be able to handle that appropriately. I think either vomiting would come first or gagging or just something inappropriate that would make them feel bad. I mean, men tend to make it, at least in my experience, male patients tend to make it more awkward than it needs to be. Like, just let me do my job, okay? You don't you don't need to make comments. You don't need to laugh. I know it's awkward for both of us, but you saying anything makes it worse. Just leave it the way that it is, okay? I One time I had a 20-year-old patient, so I'm not, I'm only two years older than him, and I had to do a bladder scan on him, which for those of you who don't know, it's a machine. It's like an ultrasound machine, and we basically get to see if you're retaining any urine. We do it after surgery, you have to have two instances where the person's not retaining a certain amount of urine, but you scan right at the belt line. So you have to pull down your, the covers. He was not letting me do it at all. He was so embarrassed. And I'm like, listen, I understand this is a lot for you, but I have to do this just to make sure you're safe. I always use that claim. Whenever you say this is for your safety, patients have nothing to say back. They don't know what to do because it's like, what can you say to that? What's an argument? There isn't one. So always use that. There's a little, little tip for you. If you say this is for your safety, nine times out of 10 patients will just leave it alone because how can you argue? You can't. There's literally no argument for that. So, but he ended up eventually letting me do it because he realized I didn't have to pull it all the way down. I just had to pull it. Like I always give privacy, you know, like they're human. And usually if, if they're in a chair, for example, and I have to do it and I lean them back and then I have to put like a, um, like a comforter up or something or not a comforter, a blanket up, I'll like add a blanket or something just to give them a little bit more coverage because you know, it, it's embarrassing. I understand a lot of people are bashful. Like I get it. I would be the same if I were in the patient's shoes. So I try to cover it up, but he was giving me a really hard time about it. And I was like, okay, like I can make it quick and we'll be done. This is the last one anyway. So it really doesn't matter. Okay. Kind of a switch of topic, but it's fine. Anyway, let me go back to uh, what I was saying about senior year. So senior year was kind of hybrid so what we did was we had so first of all senior year first half senior year I think was mental health and then the second half I I, honestly it's such a blur I really don't remember but part of it was mental health part of it was I think honestly I don't med surge maybe probably it was probably med surge I literally don't know and the other thing was this is kind of funny and I use it as a joke I say that nursing school like doesn't teach you anything it does just you learn a lot more as you start working and that's something really you need to remember especially new grads that's something you need to remember you will learn more when you start working because it's all going to pertain to what you're doing you know like I didn't know what d five and a half was until literally 
two months before graduation. And I actually had to know that before the NCLEX because a lot of times when you get orders, it'll say D5 and a half or it'll say NS, which is normal saline, right? Like that one you're going to learn. So I actually did have to know that for the NCLEX. So if you can know abbreviations, that would be a good thing. D5 and a half is a very common one they like to use on the NCLEX. So just look it up. It's really easy to figure out. And once you visually know what it looks like, you won't forget what it is to be honest, because it comes in a bag and it's labeled and everything. So anyway, but I didn't learn that until literally before graduation. I had a teacher who was really, really helpful and I still keep in contact with her because she's fantastic. She's, I think she was an army nurse at one point, if I'm not mistaken. She's, she's badass, not gonna lie. I absolutely adore her. And she was one of those teachers that a lot of people didn't really like because she's much more stern. She's very straight to the point. She can be very like sentimental and she can be very sensitive, but she doesn't show it very often. I mean, why would you if you didn't have to, you know? And I felt that she was never given the proper, she was never given the proper like awards or recognition for anything she did. And I'm pretty sure she still isn't. I mean, she's not even listed on the website as a professor or as an RN. She's listed as an adjunct professor, which I think is messed up because she has contributed so much to the program. And personally, I think she should be the head of the program. That's just me. She should be the chair. That's my opinion. Um, And I've even said that to her. And I think I even put that in my evaluations at the end of the year. But anyway, so she taught us that. She showed us visuals of like everything. So she actually showed us like what a bag of normal saline looks like, which sounds really stupid. But like if a doctor asks you to go grab something, you're going to have to know what it is. It's like not rocket science. So she was able to show us a lot of that sort of stuff. I think I actually first learned how to draw medications with her. She was helpful, you know, and she said, you know, over time you're gonna get fast. Now I'm like lightning speed. And you could be talking to me, telling me about your day. I can still focus on what you're saying and I'm still doing it, which is kind of crazy. But anyways, so like I said, it was uh, senior year was very much hybrid. So like half of us would be in class one day and then half of us would be online. And they did that for every day of the week or every other day, depending on what class, like most classes are twice a week. Um, so we did like mental health twice a week. We had to share a hospital with, I think, a bunch of other schools. So we only were able to go to that one mental health hospital for once a week for eight hours or whatever the hours ended up being. And honestly, when you're in clinical for mental health, it's kind of a pain because there's nothing you can do that's actually related to real life nursing just because of all the policies and like restraint on what uh, instructors are able to do regarding like medication administration and stuff because psych meds are not a joke. Like there definitely is more of a restraint on what they're allowed to do with psych meds versus like med surge meds. So if that's what you're experiencing in your clinical, it's not your fault. It's just how it is. Unfortunately, I wish there was another way or like, I really wish nurses personally could have body cams, which I know there's got to be a way around that. I mean, if cops can have that, why can't nurses? I mean, you could just blur it out, right? I don't know. I just feel like that would be really helpful. Or if at least they could do simulations with body cams, like kind of a real life-ish situation on what actually happens, because that would be really helpful. I always, whenever I'm in a room with a patient, I'm always like, ah, if only I could videotape what's going on right now. If only I could record some of the things that are said to me, some of the things that are occurring. It's like, because some of the, honestly, the job, you can't make this shit up. You really can't. And we always, that's like a, a key phrase on our unit. You can't make this shut up. I mean, I'm very random on this podcast, so I don't care. This random thing happened to me the other day. I was working night shift and you can't make this shut up. I went into the bathroom. I went to go leave the bathroom after I was finished and the handle flew right off. It just flew right off. And I was like, okay, 
And I, the, the worst part, though, was that I was stuck in the bathroom because I tried to, like, open the bathroom from the lock, like, pulling it. it was It's a heavy door. So I wasn't able to open it, and there was nothing in there to, like, prop it open. So I was like, okay, great. Um, I'm stuck in the bathroom. Good thing my med pass is done. Like, so I ended up having to... Good thing is I had my phone on me. So I ended up calling the front desk, and I was like, hey, can you give me so-and-so's number? Then I got her number, and I was like, hey... Uh, when you get a chance, I'm stuck in the bathroom, if you don't mind letting me out. Uh, she cracked up. She thought it was hilarious. And then one of the IV nurses, I guess that was on the floor, ended up opening the door to the bathroom. So I scared the crap out of her. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I locked the door, but the handle flew off. And she was like, oh, that's weird. And then the other side of the handle flew off. So then I had to prop open the door with like tissue paper, or tissue paper, with toilet paper and put a sign on the door since, you know, you can never trust anybody to do the right thing. I put a sign on the door that says, do not use. It's obvious you shouldn't use it, but it may not be obvious to other people. So I had to let the front desk know, hey, can we put in a work order for the door? That's still, and apparently as we speak, that was two weeks ago, the door's still not fixed. So there's that. And now it's a joke on the unit like i've had 10 people come up to me say oh so i heard you got locked in the bathroom last week i'm like that literally happened two weeks ago how is this still a laughing joke right now nothing else has happened i thought it was hilarious at the time now it's kind of getting annoying because people are like haha that's funny i'm like yeah it is funny can we move on anyway so that's kind of the laughing joke right now i have been so random in this podcast and now i'm realizing oh my god i've been talking way too long way too long Alrighty. So let's see, is there anything else that I want to add for today? I don't think there's anything else I want to add. Um, Since this one was a lot more random, I'm going to add more information on my podcast about like who this is for, because I feel like I haven't really made that clear. So, but yeah, I think I'm going to end it here uh, just because it's been, it's long. And uh, I don't want to talk everybody's ear off. So anyway, uh, next episode, I think for next episode, we're going to do something a little bit more light and a little bit more fun. We're going to do memes and we're going to do like funny jokes. I think that's what we're going to do for the next one. So stay tuned for that one. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to follow us on Instagram. That's Just Nurse Things Podcast on Instagram. And be sure to follow us on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please leave a review and let us know how we're doing. Please let us know if you have any questions so they can be answered on the podcast. Have a great night or day wherever you are and remember to wash your scrubs.